Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Ed Vincent. Ed, are you ready to do this? I am. How are you doing, George? I am doing great. Let's do this. Ed is the founder and CEO of Festival Pass, a flat rate monthly subscription service that allows members unlimited access to festivals. I'm excited to have you on. Ed, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure, sure. So uh, I live in New York City. I have three beautiful daughters. Um, my uh, work is a uh, Festival Pass, as you mentioned. It's a sub- subscription service for live events. Um, I do what I do because I love um, I love live event experiences. Obviously, in the time we are in now, it's a little hard, but we'll we'll get back to it. And uh, and I, I appreciate and enjoy understanding data in the entertainment space. Oh, I appreciate all that, and we're having this conversation on May 25th, and I'm in Arizona, and it seems like, well, it doesn't seem like anything. Things are starting to, for lack of a better term, open up a little bit. Um, I think you're probably having the opposite experience in New York, but talk, walk us through um, how Festival Pass came to be, and then obviously just what what the last three months have been like. Sure, sure. So uh, to give a little context around it, I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years um, and I've had multiple businesses in the past um, from an e-commerce company I built and sold in 2001. And then um, throughout most of the 2000s, I had a uh, approximately 70-person experiential agency and we did a lot in the li- in the live event space. So, um, you know, big brands activating at, um, at festivals, at events, uh, and Kind of during that time is when I began to really appreciate what live events could be from a, a connection standpoint for individuals to to uh, engage. Um, you know, we helped launch a bunch of film festivals. I actually owned a film festival in the Dominican Republic. And that's probably a story for for another uh, for another day, but uh, a lot of fun uh, in that capacity. Um, and then you know, kind of went on back to my technology roots and had a, a software as a service business um, that I built and sold in 2014. And then for the last five or six years, had had a, uh, a data consultancy in the entertainment space with big um, big brands in the television space like A&E Networks and AMC Networks and uh, a lot of people uh, that um, understand how who goes to movies in the movie theater. And during that whole time and process, I realized that there was a – you know, an opportunity to get back to the thing that I love, which is engaging passionately in the live event sector, but to do so in a way uh, where I could use data um, to really drive uh, outcomes for both consumers as well as the uh, the event owners. So if you think of it as a marketplace, there's two sides to the marketplace. There's 
the live events. So in the, in the world of Airbnb, it's the hosts. Uh, and then on the other side, it's the consumer. Nice. Well, that certainly makes sense. <clears throat> and it, it, it's fascinating watching or trying to read the tea leaves on what direction advertising is going to be going. You talked about helping big brands activating at events. Uh, and so you obviously, it sounds like you were perhaps ahead of the curve a little bit, moving more towards this subscription type model, flat rate subscription type model. What What is it about that or, or, or when did you identify that as something that's going to be prevalent in the future? Sure, you mean the model itself? Yeah. Yeah, so during the time uh, I had my um, consultancy, um, there was a company that many of your viewers could have may have heard of called MoviePass, um, which uh, came about and I was hired to go in there as their interim chief data officer to understand a lot about their data. Um, MoviePass itself had, um, they did a lot of things right and they did a lot of things wrong. But in the process, I began to understand what it means to build a subscription-based service in the entertainment space um, and really had an epiphany um, that there was something broken in the model. Um, and the, the problem that sometimes exists in building a model where you have an, uh, you know, use the word um, unlimited, um, it's unlimited access, but what we're not providing at Festival Pass is unlimited use to go to something where uh, for one fee. Because, um, you know, a lot of people refer to that as the gym model, where you pay one month fee and then you can have as many people uh, use that product as, as you wish. MoviePass did that. And what, what happens in an environment like that is you have 10% of the users, you know, getting over, over value and 90% of the users not getting enough value. Um, and that doesn't really work for the long haul. Um, so what we've identified is a credit-based model. And there's been a few other companies that successfully implemented a credit-based model. And uh, if you think about it a little bit, almost like a savings account. So if, uh, you know, in, in where, where this is a personal finance uh, you know, podcast, so if you think about it in the way of budgeting, um, so we provide a monthly fee, and it could be $9 a month up to $99 a month um, that, that people can choose, and they get a certain amount of credits for that flat budgeted fee, and then they can use those credits at thousands of different festivals or events um, throughout Festival Pass. Um, so if you think about what makes sense out of that is somebody on Festival Pass will never pay more on Festival Pass than they would if they went directly to some kind of event. They're getting significant value for being a member of Festival Pass, um, but they're also able to choose how they apply those credits. You know, in the old days, it was like uh, going to an arcade and getting tokens and, you know, the pinball machine would cost one token and the big driving game would cost five. <laughs> right. Nice. I appreciate that. I think that certainly makes sense. <clears throat> Just from a, a purely putting the thing together standpoint, how long did it take you to marshal all those resources and reach out to these festivals to get them to to to, to buy into this idea? Sure. So there's there's it's a it's a two pronged approach. Um, so there's still many more <laughs> that we want to bring onto the platform. Um, so there's a couple paths in building any kind of business is. Um, kind of going to aggregators or going to a source where you can get dozens if not hundreds of events at one time and obviously on some of the bigger ones, you know, going directly and making those phone calls because you want some of the bigger ones on the platform. Um, so we've partnered with a few different aggregators. Um, 
you know, other ticketing companies where we can, you know, immediately get access to hundreds of events and we pull them into our platform via API um, to create kind of the base. And that's where we got a lot of our um, theater uh, type of events and sports and, um, you know, day-to-day concerts. Um, but on the annual festivals, you know, it, it takes reaching out to the individual rights holders to uh, get them on board. Got it. So if if I join Festival Pass, I, 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 I go to the site, what what kind of events are on there? Sure. So uh, it's, it's cross-platform. So we say we're the first, the world's first subscription service across multiple genres. So music, so concerts and festivals, film, film festivals themselves. You know, coming from my movie background, it's possible, not sure yet, but possible within a few months, you might see just regular movies on there as well. Um, and then uh, sporting events, theater, um, you know, tech and innovation events and festivals. It's hard to remember that now because we're living in the world of COVID. Um, but there's hundreds of really cool learning events out there, like TED, TED Talk kind of environments where, um, you know, people, consumers can actually go to, you know, a learning event and see great speakers, whether it's Malcolm Gladwell, the author, or, you know, some kind of tech evangelist. Uh, come together. So, you know, it's, it's almost like the South by Southwest of the festival world where you combine learning and music and film uh, is beginning to kind of penetrate and, you know, happen in many other places outside of just Austin, Texas. Yeah. Got it. Nice. Very cool. So as this is happening, are you, are you freaking out? Are you in a position where you see blood in the streets and maybe you see competitors who aren't going to make it? How, 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 how have you approached this? Sure. So, so there's a couple ways to, to think about it. So the, the first answer is I'm, we're approaching it for the long term um, because we see this as a kind of a seismic shift in the industry in general. Shift is maybe a wrong word and added value to the consumer. So for decades, you know, going to a traditional ticket seller. I won't name names of the big guys, um, but it's not that fun of an experience. You go to somebody, you know, a brand that's just selling a ticket and then you get a big ticketing fee on the way out and it's purely transactional, really no social community engagement. Um, you know, that I think that's changing. Um, people people want to be part of a community. They want a frictionless a way to discover things uh, and be a part of it. So, we are looking at this in the long term. So, but of course, coming into you know the the spring of 2020, we were expecting to kind of go big and launch and tell everybody about it. Um, we uh, luckily closed a partnership with a big media company, the third largest radio network in the in the country, is a, an investor and partner in the in the company. Um, so we have access to lots and lots of media to go tell everybody about it. But as we began to ramp up that media and marketing spend, we said, well, okay, we may have to hold a little bit on that in terms of getting people comfortable with what the offering is because you can't really go out yet. So what we did is we focused over the last couple months on um, building an infrastructure, making sure we can scale, excuse me, uh, and uh, being able to, uh, as we come out of this, to, to be able to have all the core underlying products and the ability to um, make the service available to millions. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Nice. All right. So you had your ducks in a row. You are ready to turn the thing on and, and, and get going. And then all of a sudden COVID happens. So, and this is not, 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 not your first crack at entrepreneurship. You've been at this for 20 years. You've worked with 
probably really big companies and 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 smaller companies. How how do you personally manage your 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 emotions and and self talk through this? Yeah, so uh, great question. Um, you know, I, like everybody says in the world of the stock market, it's you're supposed to uh, make decisions without emotion. Um, and right. I, I think a little bit that that's part of the uh, part of the discipline in having a, a long term strategy is not reacting quickly. So I'll give you a great example is um, the first thing everybody in our ecosystem asked me the moment this all started happening is when are you pivoting to streamed events? Uh, and I said, well, you know, stream stream live streaming events are very important. And um, there's a lot of things going on in the space right now that others are more capable to handle for the short term. But we want to build more of a long term solution um, that has an economic value in the future. And what I mean by that is music artists immediately they can't tour anymore. Immediately they can't perform. So you've seen a lot of things popping up where they're live streaming from their living room. So the question is, is, well, why aren't we the ones kind of streaming that? And the reality is, is when it comes down to engaging your fans in order to provide something for free uh, in the short term, you know, Facebook Live or Instagram Live or Twitch are much better alternatives than Festival Pass in order to do that. Um, it's a it's a quick, big audience. It's cost effective for millions of people. Um, and those are great, but those aren't long term business models. So what we decided to focus on, um, you know, non emotionally is building our infrastructure so that as things come back, we will have a virtual festival product. But it won't be necessarily just to, you know, do a free live stream. It would be for the event owner to be able to manage the business of what they do from an event perspective, um, you know, online in combination with their live events. So the ability to have that live stream, to have multiple stages, to have merch, to have advertisers be a part of it, just like they would at a live event, but do so in an environment where um, our members, as well as anybody else, can come in and and pay a ticket fee um, to attend um, engage in the product in a very convincing way, but also have multiple ways to, to earn revenue throughout the process so that the consumer is getting value, but the business themselves also have a, have a revenue model. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate all that. And it certainly makes sense. Um, and I'm trying to get my brain around really. It's like, what, what were the biggest moving parts? Who were really the biggest key players that, that you've had to, probably the radio station is like, when are we going to do this? How's all this going to work? And it's just a matter of getting your thoughts together as the CEO, the founder and saying, okay, this is the, this is our long-term vision. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to manage it. And we're, 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 we're not going to chase shiny objects in, in, in the short term. You guys just have to be patient. Is that, is that the conversation? Yeah, it is. It is. And then also just learning how, um, taking the opportunity to support, some of the folks that create this live entertainment that are also struggling during this time. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example is um, there, in addition to all the big guys out there that you, everybody has heard of, whether it's Live Nation or Ticketmaster or people that uh, kind of own some big venues and, and big spaces, a lot of the uh, live entertainment environment is produced by you know independent venue owners. So uh, in the US, there's about 5,000 independent venues throughout the country. Um, and that's, you know, everything from, you know, your small concert hall owned by one person to 
Um, you know, in New York City, there's numerous different venues that are in, independently owned that produce concerts every night. Um, or theater. Uh, even the Broadway theater owners uh, are not all owned by large organizations. So when you look at those independent venues, um, you say, well, how can we support them during this time? And there is a, an association called the National Independent Venue Association, NEVA. And we've been uh, talking to NEVA in order to figure out how we can help them come together. Uh, and, you know, there's some unique things we're, we're thinking about doing that may come out in the next month or so where, you know, individuals can come and sign up on Festival Pass uh, in support of independent venues and a portion of their subscription fee will go back to that organization to help support all of those uh, folks um, to kind of that have come together to, to make sure they keep their lights on. And uh, we'll see. I have a, another idea that uh, see if we can bring it to fruition is to provide um, a fund to some of these independent venues where we can help them access cash today and commit some of their ticketing inventory in the future in order to collateralize that cat that cash today that we can then monetize through festival pass going forward so it's a way to to help them in in times like today but also provide opportunity for us to get them on board for the future i love it i think that's great i'm sure that from the community aspect which i know is important to you that the people really like that so excellent well, Ed, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, okay, so um, I, I, having three daughters, it might sound a little soft, but I, I did watch the Cinderella live-action movie again last night nice. <laughs> for, uh, for for the time. And, it, and the message in it, which sounds a little silly, but is have courage and be kind. And, uh, you know, growing up with my, my kids, every, every time they hit second grade, they read a book called Wonder – which if you have children, you might know what it is. And in it, uh, it says, when given the opportunity to be right or be kind, choose kind. And I think uh, that that difference-making tip is in the long run, back to our emotional uh, staying the course, is uh, taking an approach like that, I think, pays dividends for the future. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> choose kind. I think that that is always amazing advice so thank you for that and ed thank you so much for coming on where can savage nation learn more about you and how can they get involved with festival pass sure so the the simplest way is festivalpass.com um go on see what we're all about join you can join as a free member first and if you like the offering you can become a you know a monthly subscriber for as little as nine dollars a month and get credits um socially if you look at us we're we're on facebook and instagram Personally, from a business perspective, I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ed your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to festivalpass.com. Join as a free member. Check it out. And then uh, it sounds like a sounds like a incredible organization and uh i'm, I'm excited to to see how what, what 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 the future holds obviously so thank you again ed thank you george appreciate it and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together <laughs>